Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Kyle Report wherever you get your podcast. You're watching on YouTube. Hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And of course, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. Always going to be stuff up there. And don't forget, still going to stick with Therapy Tuesday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to be joined by Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. So tune in for that. Bring your questions. We'll go for about a half hour. And Nikki and I will talk for a little bit and answer some of your questions. So please join us. Therapy Tuesday. I think it's needed. So there you go. Now today, there's really, I'm not here to review the Miami game. We all know what happened. It was bad. But the couple of things I do want to point out is highlight some of the things that are going on here. And one of which is, why didn't Terry McLaurin get the ball? Is it all just about the offense? Is it all about what? And it's to me, it's a combination of things. And I'll get into some of that stuff. What's going on with Sam Howell? Has he taken a step back? I think it's it's there's some still some signs for hope, et cetera. I also want to point out some communication issues that one team has and one team didn't have that's reflective of what happened Sunday. So, so again, don't look at it as a film review of Miami because, again, it was a disaster. But I do think there's things to learn is what's going on with McLaurin, what's going on with Howell, and some of the things with the defense. So let's start with Howell. I'm not going to go into detail with him and go over his entire game. I'm really going to focus a little bit more on Terry today. But with, with Howell, just I think it's important to note that People here still believe in this guy. And you can, you know, this regime may be out the door, but there's a lot of people in that building that still believe in him. Now, where they're picking, somebody's going to have a, a choice to make. If if they continue to stay at four in the draft, you're going to have a big choice to make. Do you do you try to get one of the quarterbacks? Would one of the guys even be there if you're looking at the top? If they're if both May and Williams are coming out, are is one of them one of them going to be there at four, considering Chicago? And New England would be picking in the top two. Kind of hard to see that. So who are, who would you be comfortable with at that four or would you trade? Whatever. Point is, you may have a decision to make. But when you talk to people here, what they really are impressed by with Howell is how he's handled the situation. It speaks volumes for him as a competitor, as a person, et cetera. And I think, you know, they somebody even said, pointed to me like, yeah, hey, look at New York. This kid is not, this kid here is not imploding. And the way things have unfolded for him this year, you know, he gets put in a situation where he's drop, being asked to drop back and throw 55 times a game. You look at some great quarterbacks who have developed, they're not doing that, right? And I know, you know, some younger guys, maybe they throw a lot, whatever. That's a lot to ask for, for a young kid. And then, but he's handled it well. And so I think that speaks volumes for who they think he is and where they think he can get to because of that. And, it, and you want to see certain, you know, certain things. You don't want to see the mistakes. But even on that interception, I don't think that was necessarily on him. I think that's when you look at that, the way the receivers are, excuse me, the way the corners are playing, 
you know, usually a receiver is going to try and drive a guy off, but the receivers are those, excuse me, the corners are already off. So I'm going to guess that you just need to take a couple steps back instead of taking two forward and coming back, just get back and, and create a better lane for how to get the ball to him. And, and that, you know, could how maybe it tucked it, but it's probably, but I also think that when, again, if they were playing press, I think then you're going to look to drive off, come back and create that lane, but that wasn't the case. So my guess is that in other words, I wouldn't just put it on Howell. And I don't even think it's that Miami knew it was coming because if they did, the corners aren't playing that far off. So, you know, it's just the guy rushing and makes the play. But the point is, it's not just, you can't just look at Howell and say, oh, what a horrible decision. There's other things to it there that you, that you look at. And I think it's why, again, there's still belief in him as to where he can get to, especially if you create a better situation around him. Not to absolve, but it is to say, like, there are things that that kid can do that I think you need to kind of grab onto after the season and say, where is he really at? And it's going to be hard fully to know because the situation is not ideal for a young quarterback. But the way he's handled it, I think, is something that gives some people here, whether or not they're here or not in the future, reason to believe that the kid can play. And so I think one of the things that you would like to see for next year and it's funny because I've talked to McLaurin about this a couple of times is maybe some more symmetry between he and, and Howell, and, you know, maybe spending a lot more time together in the off season, working on various aspects of the game, getting some of those backshoulder throws and getting, just getting a little bit more in rhythm with some of the stuff that you're going to face in the season. Sometimes the issues are not their chemistry or anything like that. I'm not saying they have chemistry issues. I'm just saying it's not about, oh, you work together or not. Sometimes simple is either someone didn't win the route or the line's not giving you protection to get the ball to the guy downfield the way you need to. So, but I do think like some, maybe just a lot of that off season work together after this kind of a season would be good for them. And then it depends on what offense are you playing in? Cause we don't know that right now, but I do think that that's an issue and then again, when you talk to people here, part of the problem is, as they'll say, like the line they can't protect him. And there are times where where you need to be able to drop back and trust that protection and get the ball downfield. I'm going to show you some examples of how it hap- how it impacted McLaurin. So that is a big problem. Now, can you do things to offset that? Sure. And you know, does, again, does does Miami? I don't. I couldn't. Do you know who Miami's linemen are? But the way the scheme is, it really enhances what they do. And and I think it provides some more balance to their game. So I think you can get there with this group. You have to improve it a little bit and then and then you know maybe tweak some details, whatever. But I think that's something that would help Howell going forward as well. So we're gonna, you know, I you saw that, and I just wanted to go on a couple of minutes on that. And now one thing before I get to McClellan, I wanted to bring up the communication stuff because I think this is a big kind of a big deal for the secondary and it's why they continue to struggle. And it's why Miami certainly didn't give up any big plays the other day, although we could have given up one to McLaurin, but they did not, but it's the communication. And there was one play in particular where, where Curtis Samuel goes in motion and you see it here and putting it up here in, in, um where he goes in motion from right to left to a tight formation on the, on the left and just a little quick out and there's pressure coming, but the ball comes out right away. But you see, as he starts to go in motion, this, both safeties start to point 
and they're pointing and they're communicating to the corners. And I I showed you a little clip here of the safeties doing that. You can see the safeties pointing. You can see the one corner. I think it was Ramsey certainly paying attention to what they're saying. And then you watch the safety drive down on Samuel as he as he runs the out. It's a two-yard gain, but it starts with communication. You saw that a few times with this team. There's um, whereas with this team, with Washington, you did not see that. In fact, you haven't seen that much all year. And that's a problem. It's how you prevent those big plays. But they don't have a guy in the secondary that I think takes charge the way they need to. I think Derek Forrest can be that guy. I think Derek Forrest will make some mistakes. But Derek Forrest is going to he's going to at least communicate. And he's one of those guys where he may be wrong, but you're going to be on the same page even if he's wrong. But he's got the personality to take charge out there even if he is a flawed player, what they all are. But I think that's something that he does well and can develop more in that area. Now, listen, they were having they were giving up big plays when he was in there too. So it's not like that's some elixir. Um, but even when he was in there, some of those big plays were usually going to per, by Percy or allowed by Percy Butler, um, just from positioning, out of position, angle, etc. And, and forced has some issues. But the point is, they don't have somebody back there who's doing that. And you look at that first touchdown to Tyreek Hill. That's that's an example of what of what I'm talking about. You have a guy, and like they were, their scout report said that when they're when Miami's in a three by one like that, and Hill is in the middle, he's running a specific route. That should be alerted before the snap. That should be something that, and as Quan Martin was over, and it was not man coverage; it was a zone match coverage. But it's if something that though he and Cam Curl have to be pointing and yelling, "Hey, this this is the route coming. This is the route coming." But and and that didn't happen, and because of that, both of them didn't execute their assignment. Because of that, it's a seventy-eight yard touchdown. But it's really, but it, it highlights the difference between the two and what this team doesn't do well and what they need to get to in the future. You need to have a guy back there who can communicate. I don't care, you know. Again, I go back to the Bobby McCain. He wasn't a great player, you know, but he was a guy who communicated well. I think it it matters in that secondary. You need to have that guy. They do not have that guy right now, especially with Derek Forrest out. I think Forrest, again, can develop into being a better player, but also a better, a, a stronger communicator out of that group. I'm If it's me, I'm looking for a veteran in the offseason. Doesn't have to be a high-priced guy, but it's somebody who can communicate and get guys organized, et cetera. And you, know, you need a couple of those guys. But if you have one guy doing it, who's going to make sure that the other guy does it? If you have one guy communicating to Cam Curl or whomever, then they're going to make sure that it goes. But you're not seeing that right now. And it's it's a primary reason why that secondary continues to struggle. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Adventure Park at Sandy Springs Holiday Sale is here. Save 30% or more on climbing and zip lining gift certificates, season passes, axe throwing packages, and more. Our families have enough stuff. This year, give the gift of experience and adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 
250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, there is something for everyone. Visited already this year? The courses evolve with the trees around them, so each experience has something new to offer. Named Best Amusement Park in the DMV two years in a row, this is an opportunity you won't want to miss. This is their biggest sale of the year, and purchases never expire. While the sale runs until Christmas Day, the earlier you buy, the bigger the savings. The perfect gift for families, coworkers, and friends alike is waiting for you at www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. That's www.theadventurepark.com slash kind. And that's K-E-I-M. So let's spend a couple minutes on, on Terry McLaurin and we'll get out of here. So I think part of it is, you know, there's a myriad of reasons why this, why Terry has not had the kind of year that that everybody wants him to have, that he, listen, he hasn't had a 100-yard game. You look at him, like, here's a stat that was mind-boggling. Washington's the only team in the, in the NFL that um, doesn't have a, a pass play by a receiver for 40 yards or more. I went through the record, their records, and I went back all the way to 1970. There has not been a single year where they failed to have a receiver with at least a 40-yard catch. I think there were one or two years where it was like right at 40 or 41. Bottom line is though, they always had it. They had 10 such plays last year by receivers, zero this year. And one of the things we talked, we heard about a lot of was, you know, this offense would create more explosive plays, create better situations for these guys to run after the catch. And it hasn't happened. And again, myriad of reasons. I think you can go back. I know with like Hal, for example, with and Hal and McLaurin, I think when you, it goes back to sometimes trust and anticipation and the routes that McLaurin often runs, especially those digs and all that, you're going to throw with some level of anticipation. And I think that comes back to that trust. And I remember when Kirk Cousins was here and they would throw, and he was thrown to Deshaun Jackson. A lot of times they would talk to him about, you've just got to trust that he's going to be there. You've just got to trust that he's going to win on this route. And so in, in Cousins would look down and see, well, he's even with the defensive back. He's not going to throw it. The coaches would see him even, but what they knew is that Deshaun was always going to pull ahead at the end because he had he great finishing speed and he would kind of have a little gear that he would, a little burst that he would save. I think there's a little, it's not, not saying that McLaurin's like in that same category receiver as far as his style, but he's a guy that can win. And you and shoot, we saw that with, with Heineke and this like, hey, Terry, Terry's open somewhere, right? You know, just throw it up there and Terry's going to get it. That's what, you know, we're not seeing a lot of that. And, and I think there's sometimes where maybe you could get through that a little bit more and understand that he's got this advantage. He's going to somehow win on this route. And I think that's still a developing thing. And then I remember talking to him again, going back, talking to McLaurin about some of this is just kind of getting on the same page with seeing things the same way. And there've been snippets throughout the year where I think they've gotten to that point, but it hasn't fully evolved to that point where they're seeing it exactly the same and you can adjust. And I think that's something McClone has been desperate to have here is that quarterback that he's going to be on that, that, you know, have that kind of rhythm with, and it hasn't, and it's not there yet. And part of it is, again, the offense spreads the ball around. And there are times where on Sunday, where I think based on the coverage that he saw, he was going to go away from McLaurin pre-snap. And, you know, and I think that happened, whether it's like you have, whether it's, you know, you can see that maybe a bracket or whatever it is that he would go away from him initially. Um, but there are also times where he was definitely open and couldn't get to him for whatever reason. 
So let's let's go to a couple of those. So sometimes it's as simple as McLaurin is running deeper routes. And it's to do that, you need the protection to hold up. Like one of the times it was like he's going to run a deep in. And then he may he had man coverage against Howard. Looks like he probably could win on that route, but the but the Dolphins sent a, a blitz that fooled. Actually, they they showed a seven man package. I think they ended up rushing five, but they had Washington had six blockers in and two were uncovered. So because the way the Dolphins disguise the blitz, which I like seeing that because it's a fun thing to do and it does work and it works against these guys a lot. But because of that, he has to get the ball out. So he throws it to Bates. Bates runs a little pivot. It dives, can't get it. McLaurin is on the on the outside. Just it would have taken too much time to get on the ball. Not an option. Um, there was another one. It's a third and seven. There's a little bit of a level of trust and anticipation on this route. And um, it's a zone. And I'm showing this one here, too, because it's it's a good one. Um, but it's a, it's a zone. And if, if McLaurin breaks inside and he's there. And it's just a matter of, you know, do you, the trust and anticipation that you want to throw with in that situation. I think he's looking over there, hesitates just a little bit, tries to get out, and then he gets a sack because the um, 43 has a little spin move. 43 gets chipped by the, by I think it was Bates initially, and then does a spin move against Wiley and the sack. So that was, that was one where, but he is open. And so like part of what I want to see is, well, is how open is he, was he getting open? Yeah, he was. And for whatever, there are a couple of variety of reasons why it wasn't then getting to him um, as well. Then um, on the deep one, the over the shoulder, I got to tell you, man, it's a hell of a throw by Sam Howell because on this one, you know, and, and this, this is one where I think if McLaurin's got to make the catch because you're not getting the opportunities, make them count. It's a tough catch. But man, we've seen receivers make those tough catches against Washington all season. And if you're in that range, you want to be in that range, that's the catch you make. And so, and I think McLaurin would say the same thing. But I want to point out the throw by Sam Howell because he is getting pummeled as he's throwing the ball. McLaurin's at about the 20-yard line as 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 Howell has to unload the ball because they again another blitz that was disguised well or pressure disguised well that fools this line. And on this one, you have you have Chris Paul's blocking down. You have two guys. It was is Leno and then John Bates on the outside because you got Bradley Chubb there. Chubb steps, doesn't rush, then a linebacker loops inside. And you know in that case, I'm pretty sure based on that that Leno is going to probably want to block down, but the linebacker gets home free and drills Howell. But it's a hell of a throw. So if that had been a touchdown catch, that's a highlight play for both players because that's an unbelievable throw. Is right there. And he's, I mean, my goodness. So again, but that's one where McLaurin wins and he gets open and he does have a chance. Not enough of those, clearly. And, um, you know, there are times that he was bracketed. There are times where you see like, or or that the, the Dolphins would have, you, you have receiver, excuse me, corner with outside leverage, knowing you have inside help. And the safety's definitely paying attention to McLaurin. A couple of times he might help clear out an area because of the attention he gets. So, and even McLaurin talked about, you know, he's still going to, he's going to want to turn on the film and see, are you still blocking? You still clearing out for others? Yes. And that's, there were a couple of times in this game where that was the case. Um, but man, you'd like to see him get the ball more. It's not, this is not about like, well, McLaurin's not an elite receiver. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't know that I've ever considered him an elite receiver because I think Tyreek Hill is an elite receiver. A.J. Brown right now is a, certainly an elite receiver. McLaurin's not playing like those guys are. 
Um, and I don't know, like he's not going to do what Tyreek Hill is doing. That's obscene. And I think it's a combination of guy with extreme elite talent with an elite offensive mind who makes it easier for him to then get those yards. But McLaurin is a very good receiver who we certainly can expect more from whether it's for whoever's at fault. But again, sometimes that's that line and sometimes they're not giving, they're not giving Hall enough time. And if you're having running some deep digs, because that's what, that's where you're going to get those chunk plays. It's just not there. And there's one of those times on those deep digs, you have three by one, so McLaurin's on the right. He's got the backside dig is open. And on the play, you see, you can see Hall, and I even put this one up, and you see Hall just kind of duck his eyes as he comes up in the rush and never gets over to that side. And that's one of those, again, that's the kid's still learning. So you're going to have some of those hiccups. And that's one because, but again, I'm looking at where is McLaurin? Is it as simple as like, oh, they got a design place for him? Well, some of these plays are there for him. They're just not being made. And if you look at some of the plays, a handful of these plays that are made, suddenly you're looking at a like a 40-yard touchdown catch and a couple of 20-yard gains. Now you're looking at three for 80 or four for 90, whatever it is. And now his game looks a lot different. But And those opportunities were there. That's the key because I, you know, my thing is, well, is, is he getting, where, where are they getting open? How is he getting open? But you got to improve a lot of, you got to improve a couple things for them to get that away. And on that one, um, Howell runs up and, and um, you know, has to run up and throw it out, throw it away. And there was another dig, another dig after that, where it was down in the red zone. It's the one where McLaurin actually breaks up the play, but you can see like, you know, you have on the play, he runs another dig, He's open. Howard falls. He's open. But because of the pressure um, on how you can see he's coming free and I put that up there. But you have two guys kind of converging on him and he's got to step up in the pocket and he ends up throwing up a ball for grabs. It's not a great decision. But he, again, it's the, by based on the score, you need you're giving your guy a shot and McLaurin ends up breaking up the ball. But it was, um, but he was open on the dig. If you could have given him a little bit more time, I think you're going to have to fix that interior a little bit, whether getting a more consistency inside with some of the, you know, somebody at center and guard. Um, but you're going to have to fix that and get it into a better spot to give him a little bit more time. So if you want to hit some of those chunk plays, you can get more of those done. So anyway, not going to tell you that all things are rosy here, but it was you know, again, you look at it and say, well, there are, there were opportunities for it to happen. It wasn't as simple as, oh, you got to call more plays. Yeah. There's ways you can probably be more creative to get him the ball. And, and you sometimes on the crossing routes, I'm watching it and they did a good job passing them off from in, from one zone to another. And the linebackers did a good job of being aware of what they were doing. And I think that's, that's also uh, something that, um, you know, that, that happened, but I think, it's going to start with, you know, those two kind of getting more, just continue to work with each other, getting a little bit better protection, being able to provide better protection, however it is, whether it's through scheme, whether it's through just better players and, and, you know, just, you know, there you go. So I think if you can do that, you get it solved, but man, frustrating year for all those guys. And I don't blame McLaurin for being frustrated because it, I'm giving you a snapshot from one game, but it's been going on all year for him where he just hasn't had that game for him where you know that it's that he's capable because we've seen it quite a bit in the past and i think a big disappointment for this year has been has been the play the the production by the receivers i don't want to say the play by the receivers but the production by the receivers yards after the catch the the non explosive plays 
It just hasn't been there. And going forward, that's going to have to change. Anyways, that's it for me. I probably went too long. I know you don't want to talk about the game, but I wanted to talk about these players and some of those areas in particular. So again, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Therapy Tuesday with Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Tune in, join us. As always, thank you very much for tuning in, and I'll talk to you next time.